Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, before we dive into this week's episode with our fabulous <laughs> guest, dive in to go fish. I great one, Jenny. Oh boy, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Please continue this pre-roll. Before we get started on this episode with our wonderful guest, Brittany Ashley, we need to tell you a few things. First of all, I, Jenny Owen Youngs, will be embarking upon a tour uh, starting next week. I'll be supporting my friends Streetlight Manifesto, and I will be playing in the following cities with them. Denver, Las Vegas, Tempe, San Diego, Anaheim, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. And beautiful Mount Rose, Minnesota. There, no Mount Rose, (laughs) Minnesota. (laughs) But if you get that reference, extra points to you. But I'll be playing in all those other places, and you can find out more at jennyowenyoungs.com slash tour. Yes, and I will be in New York City for the All Ages Everyone is Gay and Auto Straddle Pride Party on June 24th. It is at Housing Works Bookstore Cafe from 2 to 4 p.m. It is... One of my very favorite things of all time, we will have performances by B. Studwell, Julia Weldon, and the Slam Poetry Team from Urban Word, New York City. I will be hosting with Gabby Rivera. You should come down and say hello to me. You can find all of the event details on Everyone is Gay's Facebook page, Autostraddle's Facebook page, or probably just by looking up what's the best party to go to for Pride. We also want to remind you that we have a little shop up upon the internet. Not of horrors. Not of horrors, but of wonders. A little <laughs> shop of wonders. Those wonders include, but are not limited to, Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy shirts and muscle tanks. Just keep fighting tees. Cordette Slayerette and buffering pins. Holy crap, we have a lot of stuff. <laughs> it can all be found at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just go there and click on shop. We also want to let you know that next week we will be coming at you with a mailbag episode. So now is your chance to ask us any of those burning questions that you have about us, our lives, our podcast preferences, our interest in Game of Thrones coming back in just a few short weeks. (laughs) Yes, our interest in Game of Thrones returning. You can email us at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. So stay tuned next week for a mailbag episode. And then after that... Holy shit, we're into the finale. Wow, wow, wow. The future is bright, but for now, here is the present. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about season two, episode 20, Go Fish. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Go Fish was written by David Fury and Ellen Hampton and directed by David Simmel. It was originally aired on May 5th, 1998. This is the one where members of the Sunnydale swim team are killed by a gill monster of unknown origins. <laughs> That's the description. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the one where Xander wears a Speedo. Yeah. Ow! 
This is also the one where Brittany Ashley is here. Brittany Ashley. Uh, happy to be here. Welcome. Great. Oh, my Great. God. Brittany, in addition to bringing so far the best collection of Buffy memorabilia to our home, I think that's probably your highest credit in life, uh, yeah. is a writer. Um, <laughs> you wrote and hosted an LGBT news show on Logo. Uh, you were the lesbian on BuzzFeed. Uh, as I understand, Gabby Dunn refers to you as the lesbian stoner with red lipstick from that BuzzFeed. That is correct. So if you if you if you know who that is, you know Brittany actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the co-host of Sicker Sadder World, a podcast we've already talked about here um, about Daria. Yeah, me wow. and Laura Zach host this podcast and. Uh changed my life it's uh it's pretty amazing and all, if you're listening to our podcast like it, i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say you might be into like 90s nostalgia podcast tv recaps yeah, yeah. let's just hope that there's just different series of paired up lesbians yes recapping <laughs> 90s shows uh somebody please snag dawson's creek oh soon. please mm-hmm. oh we need to think of a snappy title for the lesbian uh dawson creek recappers hmm. jenny i know now jenny's not going to pay attention to the rest of the episode yeah. she's just going to be thinking of the title I'll see you guys in an hour <laughs> uh this is also the episode uh with the straight white guy skin suits uh- <laughs> <laughs> well i one of my favorite things in life is a straight yeah. guy skin yeah, suit what do you think those are made out of uh, privilege <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about the uh, white guy uh, skin suits are the steam. That oh, Unless yeah. you know they're fresh, you know, that oh, like yeah. they're just piping hot. The thing that I don't, the thing that I haven't understood is what smells. Right? That is the mystery. Yeah. So, right. So as these boys get overtaken by these fish monsters or gill monsters, according to IMDb, which I like. I like, I like gill monsters. Right? I'm gill monsters good, of unknown origin. Vince Gill monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they smell something, which is kind but, of but, but, cool but, but the thing is, yeah. the thing is, with the first mm, transformation, mm-hmm. hatching, emergence, uh-huh. with the first emergence. Yes. Dodd is the person who uh, becomes a fish monster, uh, but he isn't the one who smells something. No, it's Gage. Gage smells something, but oh. then in subsequent emergences, so that's upsetting. The person right. who transforms, right? Because I was smells something. See, if I wrote plot hole, you can't smell yourself. Right. <laughs> right, you should be able to smell someone else hatching. Right, I kind of like the idea that they could smell, like that the first, um, like physical manifestation of this hatching was that they like smelled something odd or off. But you're right, there it doesn't right, add but, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. add up. Maybe Dodd and who? Gage. Da- what who name these characters? Yeah, Dodd and Gage. It's just like car parts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, maybe Dodd and Gage were just closer than we were, you know, led on to know in the, mm-hmm. in the course of the... Yeah, they were taking a stroll on the beach, so... They were about to go for a night dip. They were. With so, his um, GQ turtleneck. That, that <laughs> turtleneck. Listen, it's early in the episode to do this, but I don't know how we can address that turtleneck without listening to Kate Hell and yeah. hearing Kate and what she has to say, because, like, does she talk about the turtleneck? Does she not? If she doesn't, we have to address it. Let's find out together. It's time for our friend Kate Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch. This episode is a great one because there are so many different outfits. The whole episode takes place over the course of like four or five days at the very least. So um, I just want to point out that Willow looks awesome 
in this episode. She has so many cute outfits. Her jumper, her orange, I'm going to guess they're corduroy pants. Her um, her skirt in the opening couple of scenes with its sort of high-waisted sweater is really, really cute. Also, Cordelia has some stunning looks in this episode. I would like to point out that once again, as always in this season, it she's wearing a sweater set, but it's with a tank top, which I love, you know, got to switch it up. She's also dressed for what seems like a corporate garden party when she's at the scene uh, at the swimming pool. And um, I don't know if you noticed, because I noticed, because I'm gay, that (laughs) um, when she stands up, her skirt is like slit basically up to the waistband. It's quite something. Um, Anyway, she also has the return of her uh, her work shirt that she wore earlier in the season, which has got a white collar, and it's blue and pinstriped with white cuffs, and she's paired that with a jumper. And Willow also wears a jumper in this episode, and I don't know if you remember this particular era in time as well as I do, but jumpers are basically all that I wore, just these sort of shapeless sack dresses that you put over t-shirts or or collared shirts, things like that. It's just really, really excellent. Um, The both of them kind of outshine Buffy in this episode, but I do want to say something because I have to say something. The part of this episode where Buffy smashes uh, the swimmer's nose into the steering wheel is one of my favorite moments (laughs) in this season. Although everything that follows it is terrible. The nurse and the swim coach and the principal, basically everyone gives Buffy a hard time for dressing for dressing the way that she does. And we all know the rhetoric about, you know, if, you, if you're if you dressing that way, of course, what do you expect is going to happen? But like, come on. I can't even suspend my disbelief for this. She's wearing a black tank top. It is not even remotely revealing. And it's like summer in Southern California. And she's a teenager. What? I mean, were these lines written before they picked out the costume? Was she supposed to be in a tube top or something? Because everyone just seems like they're completely overreacting to something incredibly ridiculous. And uh, the situation's awful. And if you've ever been in it, I'm so sorry. It's a terrible thing to experience. But like, Frigg, she's a teenager. Just let her live. (sighs) Anyway, until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. Wow. Wow, Kate. Wow. No turtleneck. Kate, no turtleneck. Kate, but Kate, I, I mean, I understand the, the spiral that Kate fell down. We're, uh, about, yeah, we're I, about to fall down at a slower pace, but it'll <laughs> yeah. be the same spiral. <laughs> but no turtleneck. So let's, let's at least start with the turtleneck and then talk about all of the other things that Kate brought up in that amazing fashion watch. That turtleneck <laughs> is bananas. <laughs> it looks like he belongs on a runway. Right? Not at a high yeah. school party. And in general... What's what's this actor's name? Wentworth, Wentworth Miller. Miller. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> he does belong on a runway. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it. Totally. I think he's so beautiful. He's so smoldering. Right? Yeah. But yeah, the, the turtleneck puts it over the top. He should definitely like pivot at the end of the scene and, and walk back the other way. <laughs> you know? And that turtleneck does not fit his personality either. No. No. No, I, he, you, you talked about when we were watching like that you love this character. Is it this character? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like I wonder when they were writing this character, what, like, were they, did they have, like, Spicoli in mind from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Uh, right, because he, yeah, he doesn't have the hair, but he has definitely the surfer attitude. Yeah. And we don't Oh, like... dude, what is that foulness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go really hard on the beach, this episode in general. Like, we start yeah. at the beach with a bonfire, 
And like, I've never seen, have we ever seen them participate in school activities before? Like that Cordelia no. and Xander and Willow and Buffy are all there without right. a, like they're it's not like one of them is like dating so you know there's not or a, or like they're watching for some yeah kind of they're evil. just like They've hanging out to, like basketball games when there was a witch right oh, they right. went to football games when there was a zombie right right when they're on duty they only use sports when it's convenient yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah normally they're just like sitting in buffy's room and xander's drinking surge and you know they don't like right. hang out um, something else in this opening scene that I want to point out that is a departure from the norm is that uh, Cordelia laughs at Willow's joke. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm so excited. Yeah, right? Like, Cordelia and Willow are standing together. Like, great friends. We know they are. I mean, they, <laughs> we at least know they've made out in closets. And then, uh, you know, Cordelia's talking about, like, oh, at least we excel at something. And then Willow is like, you mean besides our high mortality rate? <laughs> And, Willa, and Cordelia, like, genuinely laughs at Willow. And I'm like, oh, I just felt really nice for their friendship. They're like, just so close. Yeah, they're moving right along, you know? Yeah, one thing about this show is that because they don't want to spend so much time with the characters laughing at each other's jokes, it does just read that nobody thinks anyone right. else is funny. <laughs> right, right. Certainly I would no be one. so self-conscious if I was one of them. Yes. You want to know um, another joke that I laughed at? This is when we pan from the jovial scene <laughs> to, <laughs> to the scene where she's staring off and it sounds like it was scored by a cat that was walking across the piano. <laughs> exactly. I thought of, we did a live episode at A Camp and Elle was keeping tallies of many things. And one of the things that they stopped keeping a tally of was the dramatic music changes. Oh, and I thought fondly yeah. of Elle in this moment because it does, it goes from like a, like a guitar-y, right, like right, whatever, right. to guitar. like yeah. precisely. No, it could not have been described better. A cat mm -hmm. walking across a piano. <laughs> and so like as if Buffy staring out over the moonlit ocean was not bad enough. Oh, this guy. Cameron. This guy. Oh, fuck Cameron. This guy. Yeah. He and has like villain face. Too. Yeah, truly. 100%. He even has like a really, I, I'm actually, the only thing that I do like about Cameron is the vein that he has like directly down the middle of his Jesus. forehead. I saw that. I mean, that's, that's, I'm into that and nothing wow. else. Wow. He's, he's like the worst kind of man. <laughs> Like, the kind who would, for example, start his intro by talking about the maternal nature of the ocean. Wow. And then end by locking you in a car. You know, mm -hmm. like a really right. just, uh... anyway, I just want to play this like tiny clip just so we can all relive this together. This is the first moment we meet Cameron. Beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah. It's just so... Eternal. Her true mother giving birth to new life and devouring old. Always adaptable and nurturing, yet constant and merciless. Gross. Yeah. Vomit. I mean, conceptually no. the ocean as like... No, the concept. Yes, nobody's right. gonna argue. But nobody wants to hear it from you, Cameron. No, because we know what you're about. Right, but did the steroids make him this way, or is he just this awful? I think he's just this. No, because Gage, it's like Gage and Cameron are probably at same steroid level at this point in the episode, and like that's true. You know, not that Gage is is like perfect, but I get a particularly heinous vibe from this guy. Yeah, right. He yeah. he's like the type of he seems like the type of guy that would 
be like, right, ladies? Like, I totally know your struggle. Yes. And then he would try and take advantage of your vulnerability. Exactly. Ugh. The scene where they pull up in the car, and we'll talk about the car scene, fine, but like... In a Mustang. In a Mustang. <laughs> and he's just like, ta- like you can tell it dolphins. like faded in. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. on dolphins. And he just goes on and on and, oh, God, we've had enough of it. I've had enough of it. And Sarah Buffy's Michelle Geller has like the perfect reaction to it, too. Because <laughs> you're just like, God, she's so fucking over this. And she had to hear about that all the way from her house <laughs> from her to house. the school. Which we don't even, how far is it? We don't know we don't how know. far it is. It could be. I do know how far it is in real life. <gasps> how far is it in real life? It's like two blocks away. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? My girlfriend, uh, for my birthday, she took me on a Buffy tour throughout the city. Um, well, well, before we talk more about the episode, this is a great like end point to hearing about sure. your relationship to Buffy. Because, I mean, I'm not kidding you. You definitely, like, future guests, you can try to top it. But for sure, you brought us an actual steak <laughs> in a velvet box uh, <laughs> with the opening lines of the series, the Slayer's sort of mantra written on the inside. There's um, many magazines, a yearbook, just so much and so I want to know first tell us about your relationship to the show and then we'll get to how that relationship got you here sure (laughs) Uh, so I was in god what grade was I in I was probably in like fourth grade or something when I saw it on tv it was uh the episode with Marcy the the invisible invisible gal and me and my sister who's four years older than me we were watching it and I when it was on air for like the first few seasons I would tune in every now and again but it wasn't until high school where my sister had all the DVDs and I would just constantly borrow seasons two and three and just watch them to death but yeah it's gotten me through some dark times so how many times do you think that you've seen the series seen the series all the way through probably like five times five or six times but watched episodes from seasons two and three I mean countless and this is definitely an episode that I've watched over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's I was great, so excited to learn yeah, that you loved this episode. Totally. And it's also a great episode to show people who haven't seen the series before to show them as like a fun intro right, episode. Right, right. And what great. a monster to introduce them to. I know. I feel like, you know. <laughs> but and sometimes when I'm writing, I have it on the background. It's like having a friend there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's very similar to your relationship oh, yeah. to the series, Jenny. Yes, it is. In the beginning of our relationship, Jenny would always be like doing work with Buffy on and I never knew what was happening in the series. Yeah. And, you know, I was always like, okay, there's just vampires and monsters. And a cool moment that happened is um, my sister lives here now. And I'd say like once a month, she stays over in my room just to get to work easier in the morning. And I came home and she was asleep, but Buffy was on on the TV and she oh, watches yeah. it sometimes to go to bed. Oh. And I was like, we're the same. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, did your did your collection of items begin back in the early days or is that a more recent? Um, there's some that are from the early times and then some came randomly from a girl that I went on like two OkCupid okay dates with. And she, and she, honestly, she probably listens to this. And this was like <laughs> three like, or four me. years ago when I had like first joined OkCupid. There was a girl whose name was like Buffy fan. Something, oh my something. God. And I was oh like, well, God. this is obvious. Yeah. Um, but then we were not compatible at all. And we actually got into a major 
fight. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine what fight it would be, but I can't really spoil it right now. Right. But you probably know. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Of you course. probably know. Um, but it was very polarizing, and it, it really set the tone for the way that we just feel about life in general. Wow. Wow. So early on, too. Two days yeah, in. We, Intense yeah. fight for two days in. <laughs> we called it off. But she... <laughs> She had said something to the effect of, like, I'm cleaning out my apartment and I have to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And it was, like, magazines and it was trading cards. And and I was like, yeah, I'll take them. But it also (laughs) felt like it was an adult being like, I can't have this shit anymore. And I was like, I'll take it. (laughs) So, okay. Yes, Jenny. So, back at Sunnydale High School, (laughs) Willow is being way too effusive about everyone's pie charts pie being charts. so great. How can a pie chart be bad? Right? My same thought. Like how I just want to know if what... it's not a circle. Right. If somehow, <laughs> I mean, I guess we know how a pie chart can be bad. It's bad if it looks like naked women solitaire. Right. Yeah. Which is another question I have. Where do you get Where do you naked get lady card solitaire from Especially your computer? Especially on like a standard school computer. Yeah. You know? It's still insane to me that Willow is subbing. Yeah. That's Unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. It defies the laws of gods and men and the PTA and child labor law. Like, it's just yeah, it's bananas. Not, it's, it's right. It's totally like this has never happened, right? Vampires, like, it's never happened. Sure. Yes. Swimmers being infused with yes. fish DNA and then becoming fish monsters that sort of hatch out of their human host skin. Okay. A high school being like, would you mind our teacher died so would you just take Stay over on through finals through fi- the for end of like the year half the year yeah. yeah it's also interesting because she does seem to love it so much and this isn't a spoiler but willow doesn't become a teacher right <laughs> you have ruined it for everyone right? <laughs> yeah. but you'd think that that would be something that she would pursue right, a future plot a future plot point but, but no. i mean it's like pretty in line with her general personality like she loves yeah. to help she loves to like help her friends get better at school subjects it's true it's true she loves to do homework for mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. when they make mm-hmm. her tutor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so <sighs> snyder so snyder comes in fucking snyder i'm sorry i just love him i mean i hate him i love to hate him is what i mean uh-huh. to say but he comes in and he does this fucking crazy shitty thing which is a plot line in like a lot of 90s television shows I feel like where mm-hmm. the like sports past the sports past the sports guys right I I having never been a sports guy myself I can't report if this is a factual thing or not <laughs> but it seems like it must be right, were him. you ever a sports guy <laughs> no unfortunately not no, no right. sports guys in the room nope surprising uh, <laughs> I have never received special privileges for my unparalleled athleticism right but he basically tells Willow in no uncertain terms to pass this kid and not to bring too many like current political things into the series but we're just like we're watching we're currently watching the the trump and comey situation unfold and so like watching snyder come into the room and be like i'm not saying don't do this thing but do this thing do you have my honest loyalty right (laughs) right 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 right. yes so right snyder wants willow's honest loyalty and willow is incensed and who's backing him up in the next scene, Cordelia. None other than Cordelia yeah. Chase. Cordelia has a rough episode this episode. Like she has a couple she has one particular scene that I will talk about when we get there that I love. But she has a lot of really rough moments that I think are meant to like pin her to her former Cordelia mm-hmm. self and like let us know like she's still Cordelia, but they're done in these ways or like she 
says these things that are just troubling. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I think in general, the second half of season two is just very odd placement for so many episodes. Yeah. Um, And so it feels like her arc is just kind of all over the place in terms of her own development. Right. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, this, the second half of the second season, it's just like picking up and setting down the Angelus plot line is just so messy. Across yeah. the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I hesitated when I first started talking about it because we get in some hot water over here in the podcast land for when Xander does something wrong, you know, calling it out on Xander and when Cordelia does something wrong, being like, well, the writers are really struggling with yeah. the character. <laughs> so I didn't want to like fall into that trap. But this, no matter which way you slice it, it's a rough exchange for Cordelia. Not Although I great. do like when she criticizes Abe Lincoln's hat. I <laughs> yeah. I do like that Stupid moment. Stupid hat. And then this fucking, this scene, we've already talked about it a little bit, but then we have this scene in the car, which is just horrible. And the whole thing, and this is what Kate, this is where Kate was like, oh, I'll give you a fashion watch. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about uh, when people say uh, you deserved what you got because you were wearing a tank top. Yeah. Um, bullshit. And he's disgusting. Like this fucking line, are you wearing a bra? Like, are you Ugh. like, it's just uh, it's, like two, like one breath after he just said, I'm not about pressure. Yeah. Are you wearing a bra? Right. And then like oh. relax. And luckily we get this scene with, of course, Buffy. So she's like, I'm not fucking concerned, man. <laughs> what do you got? Can yep. I share? Uh, I was reading the Wikipedia article about this episode earlier today. And this is the these are the first two sentences of the plot summary. It totally skips over. The bonfire beach party, Willow in computer class, Cordelia talking about how winners deserve special privileges, and just starts, Buffy arrives at school in a car with Cameron, a member of the school swim team. He makes persistent sexual advances that are unwelcome, so Buffy slams his head against the steering wheel. (laughs) I wrote that summary. Great job. It's perfect. But yeah, and then everyone's in on this fucking bullshit, too. Like, that's, it's like bad enough, the scene in the car, but then it's just like the classic classic is probably the wrong word but it's it's the narrative yeah (laughs) realistic right it's the realistic arc that happens so often where not only is this guy like totally fucking with her but then she's in the room with figures of authority who are saying like hey you shouldn't have done x y and z right because then he wouldn't have had to do this thing although in this case they're not even putting anything on him they're saying right well it's men in power don't suffer consequences right and so to try and speak out against that it rarely works however buffy is going to take shit into her own hands thank god i know thank god for powerful (sighs) women you know what i mean also what what the fuck school has a steam room did your fucking did anybody's high school have a steam room no no but look at that pool later yeah, I mean, it's... A, that's like a majestic well, high a, school pool. Yeah, but it's a standard... Like, that's a, so many tiles. Okay, it's... A, right. But I I mean, I've seen high schools have pools. I have not ever seen a high school have a steam room. So I just... I'm putting the question out to the listeners. Please let me know. Did your high school have a yeah, steam room? maybe it's a California thing? I don't mm. know. <laughs> Anyhow, Xander has a great moment. Xander has actually, I think, a bunch of great moments. Xander has a great episode. Right? And we've, we've talked about the fact that sometimes when the patriarchy... Um, mantle is is held, <laughs> held up by yeah by some other, other men that xander gets a break right um, this episode in reptile boy always it just have so many similar parallels totally where he is the only guy so he has to go undercover right get in with the men 
and find out what is really, really going, going on. on However, in that it steam room. is fuzzy if he wants to get in with the men for the right reasons or if he wants that privilege. Right. Right. And I think it, I mean, I think for Xander, it is a bit of both. Yeah, totally. For sure. But the scene that he has in the hallway where he bumps into Cameron, right? It's Cameron that he yeah, bumps yeah. into, is really great. Where he's like, oh, Buffy's not on your list of privileges. And like, I really love it when you guys mess with her. Totally. Um, is like a really solid win for him being on like the inside uh, and still calling that shit out. So applause for you, Xander. But yeah. I also wrote sexual tension award question mark. Uh- <laughs> Okay, in the ring, in the ring. Wow, is it? Is it is taking it, initiative? Is it I like t- it. <laughs> is it the two of them, or is it perhaps like whatever is going on in the steam room, which is also? Yeah, I mean, it's also like, could it be the teammates and their coach? Mm. Oh my god, which that that takes a turn. No, 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 it's too rough no, no, for no, me no, no, in no, the no. end. No, no. <laughs> So Cameron, uh, you know, just a, a whir from the heat of that sexual tension uh, between <laughs> between he and Xander goes into this, the lunchroom. Yeah, this exchange where he's like, you're lucky I'm hungry. And Xander's like, the cafeteria is closed. And Cameron is like, not to me. As though, as though whatever is being served up or available to him in the Sunnydale cafeteria would be like something anyone would want to eat. Like who it's covets coleslaw. cafeteria it's be food? Coleslaw. But also like, it's there's nobody there and nothing there. So <laughs> empty, I yeah. empty silver trays. I, <laughs> like where he's going to the fridge where they keep the Cordelia's prescription. prescription yeah, lunch. he's like he's like it's it's not uh, closed for me because I know where Cordelia keeps her <laughs> prescription lunches that she no longer eats. But something that Brady and I I think shared a laugh about was the, <laughs> <laughs> the tables and chairs yeah. that have fallen. Like there's been I, a sign of a struggle, right? I just would love for us to get the footage that we didn't see of what happened in right. the lunch because it appears as though when the monster was emerging from him, he threw his body all over the room. <laughs> yeah. Just, just tornadoed everywhere. Took a page out of the werewolf's book, uh, <laughs> right? Because that's how the bronze was left. It's like every time they need to show a struggle, every table is turned. Yeah. Totally. So we see the monster for the first time. Woo! The monster of unknown origins. I can't get that out of my head from yeah. the IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a face that thing's It's a got. good monster. I don't know. How do you feel about this monster? I, I feel for a non-vampire villain, it's a pretty good one. Right? It's like I mean, they... think about the werewolves on this show. Oh, dear God. For don't. Don't do yeah. it. Don't think about them. <laughs> think about the, the uh, snake monster from Reptile Yeah, Boy. I mean, they put a... A, a lot more thought into these costumes, right? It, it and has, they were scary. Yeah, and the and, and the, the glistening. They look great. Right, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. The the um goo, the sticky clear goo. Right, oh, yeah. That goes a long way for me. Also, they're like catfish, like whiskers mm-hmm. on the sides of their mouths. Great. Yeah, they're like Love a page it. out of Alien and a page out of you know. There's just like a lot of different right. elements coming into play, and I love like. In my monster ranking, monsters that burst out of people's bodies are up there for me. Oh, yeah, I, that's I, what you're in, into. I just really, I'm, I just like the effect of it. This, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm it's sorry, like, to, it's horrifying. I'm sorry to talk about Freddy, but I'll be real quick. It's just one other monster. There's a scene where are you like Freddy Krueger? I'm sorry. It's just okay. okay. In the fourth one, uh, there's a character who turns into a cockroach, and so and the same whatever they did to make his hand bust out of that thing is they. Must be like a standard trick in movies uh, for like people who do makeup. And it's also just uh, a message that there might be a monster inside all of us. Oh, oh. Wow. 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 I feel like you deserve a sound cue for that, you know? 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I love a good. I love these monsters. And yes, the monsters from within. My next note is unclear. L o l o l Cordelia. Oh, the oh, because she's artist? a sketch artist. Yeah. Oh, right. All of a sudden. <laughs> Would you say its eyes are close together or far apart? She's so good at drawing all of a yeah. sudden. Well, to be fair, we've never seen her draw. That's true. So, like, it may not be a new skill, but it's new to us. I feel I mean, like hot girls are good at drawing. Really? Um, Go- oh, you're trying. You're going through just- your Rolodex of hot girls and yeah. trying to connect them <laughs> to if they can draw. Yes. <laughs> I have some data that supports your theory, but. God, everyone, including me, wants to know who's on the hot girl list and which of them can draw, you know? (laughs) I'm just thinking of, like, high school art class. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would always be like, ooh, surprising. (laughs) (laughs) So what isn't great right after this is you ran like a woman. Yeah. You ran like a woman and then go out and practice running like a man. Uh. This is, like, strike two for Cordy. She's really having a... An episode that I'm not. And I, I can get behind her, like, flipping things sometimes, you know? Like, last week she was, you know, against the Sadie Hawkins dance because she was, like, super into men paying for her shit. Right. And I was like, right. I can get behind that. I can get behind. I can't. This, these things are, like. Due to the wage gap. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, yeah, I don't like it. No, Cordelia. Stop it. And then there's some some uh, deduction going on. Buffy's, like, ready for Fucking trench coat times. Oh my god. Like, Greg oh, yeah. Buffy is next. Buffy, listen, she's a great slayer. She is really good at a lot of things. She's a fucking horrible spy. Her detective and spy skills have have they taken have a nosedive. As as has her costuming for said activities. Yeah. You know? She looks like she's gonna surprise her boyfriend on Valentine's Day, like show up <laughs> showing up at his door only wearing that like silk right? trench coat. <laughs> But yeah, a horrible spy job. But meanwhile, you know who's doing a great job? Willow. Willow. Willow yeah. This is like, this might be one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode where she has the like fucking desk lamp just oh in God. Jonathan's face. And she's like, I don't even remember how she starts it, but it's great. It's great. I'll crack him like an egg is really where she starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, if, if everyone agrees with me, I would like to give Willow her jingle for the scene where she questions Jonathan. the square root of 1225 willow who's gentle of heart and nimble with a hard drive willow 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 great work willow great work one other thing i just want to point out before we change scenes Mm. is that in the computer room there is a bulletin board (laughs) and on the bulletin board in the space allotted there's a space below it where you put things and above it it's titled cyberspace <laughs> sometimes i like miss entire scenes just trying to watch the like boards and the signs in the background looking for little things totally also gage is playing game boy gage gage is playing a game boy yeah in the student the lounge most, area the Jesus. most beloved uh possession i think of the 90s did you have a game boy Brittany? i did Oh, I loved it. Oh, I loved my Game Boy so much. The tiniest. Could you do you think we could even see what was on the screen anymore? Like I feel like our yeah. eyes our eyes have devolved and need to see like backlit. Maybe. I don't know. Yo, Anyhow. So yes. we go to the bronze, right? And Buffy is doing a really great job observing Gage God, uh, very Buffy. discreetly. And he like gets in her face, and he's all like, "Yo, Cam told but me in, about like, your sexy, games." But in like a sexy, but in like a sexy way. Yeah, no, way. he's super hot the whole time. <laughs> and then he leaves, 
And he's like, oh, what a crazy bitch or whatever he says. Yeah, what does he say? Something horrible. And then I was as if on cue, waiting for his line. <laughs> Angelus is like, did someone say Buffy sucks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me turn you into a vampire so that you can help me kill her. One of my favorite lines was, my condolences, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, like only to possibly for me be topped when Angel is so fucking dramatic about the shitty taste of the blood. Oh he literally God. spits for like two solid minutes. He's a minutes. child. He's a literal <laughs> infant child. Because <laughs> he like the scene's over and they like cut back to him and he's still like. Right. But to be fair to Angelus, like, what does it taste like? Fish? Maybe. You know what? Maybe it tastes like. Bad fish. I just feel like if you're the most powerful vampire, at least keep your shit together till you round the corner. You know what I mean? Okay, totally. Save some face. Yes. Is all I'm saying. Because they could use that to defeat him. Also, this thing where like they're about to fight and she pulls her like hair chopstick oh, out yeah. of her hair <laughs> and shakes her hair out and he's like, her to go Summers, beautiful. Like, why? Yeah, he's just, it's a weird cameo for Angel. Like, I don't even really understand the placement of this except for, you know, he's we're nearing the, the end of he's the season. Right. Yeah. I feel like the last episode would have been better placement before the two-part season finale. Right, right. But then, mm. but the problem with that too is that like passion was right before the weird like Kinderstadt episode, so it would have been like Kinderstadt, then go fish. People would have been like, "What is going on?" That's true. I <laughs> so, guess they did have to put yeah. the more uh, narrative heavy ones. But yeah, it was just a weird like three minutes with Angel before he disappeared forever again. Do you know who um swims laps? Oh, what about Walk Me Home? Oh, oh my you're god, right, you're Walk right. Walk Me Home. Now Buffy and Gage are best friends. They are. He's... I see a flirtation. Yeah. I mean, he stops swimming in the middle of the pool. Oh, so cute. Right? That is really something. It's really cute. But also, like, you would for sure get in trouble for that. Like, they were, like, Not doing a set. Not if you're Gage. You're now the best living, best human swimmer on the swim team. Yeah. That's true. Although, it, it, do people count as human until they cr- hatch? Yeah. Okay. Do you think Michael Phelps is human? Because I don't. I think Michael Phelps is part fish. I'm just saying, like, maybe Coach Carl got the secrets for this fish stuff, and maybe so did Michael Phelps. Oh, or maybe Michael Phelps was on this swim team. Oh, and just never hatched. Uh-huh. We didn't see him in the steam room. Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah, I mean, we probably wouldn't have even recognized him in the 90s. Yeah, Shane West really took that spotlight. Oh, <laughs> my. Okay, okay. Okay, so now we're at the pool. Great. Jenny. Listen, <laughs> as the person in the room who might possibly have the greatest capacity to appreciate the male form... I Wait, would like what? to say, yeah, Why? that's right. I said it. Wait, what? I love hunks. I love <laughs> looking at men with great muscle tone. I love it, and I Brittany's about not to leave. <laughs> leave. Brittany's about to walk out. Please don't door. leave, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany's like, what in the fuck is happening right now? I'm just saying. You love a hunk, but I, I love a hunk. Personally, I feel offended. I don't know if you do. I also like a hunk. Yeah, but I feel like I make. More of a thing out of it. Well, I mean, you're, certainly you've proven your point yeah. today. <laughs> you're just so laid back about like, I'm mm, trying to play it cool so that the hunks will be into me, you know? Right. I don't have that yeah. ability. Not playing it cool. All I have is this, which is to say, great job, mm-hmm. Xander, looking great in a Speedo. You yeah. did a great job yeah. looking great. It's also interesting that 
assuming that the camera angle is the way that all three of the women looked at him. <laughs> Do you ever start at the toes? The feet. <laughs> at the feet. <laughs> not to yuck anybody's yum if you start at the toes, fine. But certainly that is not where I begin my journey. It was an interesting starting point, but it's the it's, only way the reveal could work. That's right. It's an interesting question, though, because I think in my, if I'm going to scan a hunk body, I think I actually start with the face and work down. I don't right. start from the bottom up. I think I start around the chest, mm-hmm. shoulders, arms. Okay. I start at the kneecaps, go down, and then I go <laughs> nose kneecaps. up, and then I go from the left to the right. <laughs> Kneecaps to the ankles. Great starting point. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX. There's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets. You will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah, Jenny, once, perhaps the only time you'll ever hear you uh, rave about Sorry, I had to shout Xander's a bunch. bod. But you know who else is into it? It is Cordelia. Cordelia. 
She doesn't even realize who she's looking at. Uh, and then, like, I love, I love, really, Cordelia's good scenes are at the pool, I think. They're just, whenever yeah. she's in the pool this episode, she's doing a good job. Because then there's this moment where Xander is like, I, no, I really am on the swim team. And she says, really? In this, like, perfectly <laughs> nuanced, like, I don't want to let you know I'm really into that, but I'm letting you know I'm really into that mm-hmm. way. And then Xander dives into the pee pool, which is unfortunate. Uh. For him. Also, why is everybody making such a big deal out of it? That's what chlorine is for. Right. And it's a big pool. It's a big pool. Let, let me break it to everybody listening. If you've swam in a pool, it has had pee in it. That's just <laughs> There's no way around there's it. There's no way around it. Xander dives into the pee pool and... Or the, just the pool. Right, right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Qualifier, not necessary. But what I, everyone's uh, upset about it for him, but uh, my thought was that was a pretty good dive. Yeah. Was that Nick Brendan or was it a, a, a stunt, a stunt diver? Yeah. I feel like probably he was able to dive for himself. I don't it know. It looked a little belly flop to me. It almost did, but he, I mean, it just for somebody who was certainly not. Somebody ever. who just got on the swim team yeah, last night. I thought night. it was all right. And he That's hadn't true. even had his first steam room party yet, which is where <laughs> we go next to a steam room party. <laughs> yeah, right? So many naked men surrounded by steam, not talking to each other at all. Except. Except the one person who talks the entire time. Is that like a, well, I guess none of us would know because none of us are hanging out in the men's steam room. But I wonder if it's like a, um, <laughs> like how like. Uh, a lot of guys won't like still like leave a seat between them at, at the, the movie, movie theater, theater. Right. or oh my god the other day Kristen and I were um, oh my god at the hospital and we got <laughs> don't be the- don't be alarmed <laughs> no, no, everyone's fine <laughs> we were just there it's fine and we got in the elevator and two m- man doctors came in and no, one man doctor was in with us. It was us two on one right. side and the man doctor right. on the other side. And then the, the man doctor who entered the elevator, like in what I can only imagine to be an effort to just like stay as far away from the other man, just in case their dicks accidentally touched <laughs> in the elevator, like basically leaned up against like the two like of us. Like he stood like on top of and us. And it was like a pretty big elevator could have definitely stood in the middle oh of the God. elevator and not accidentally touch dicks with the other guy anyway men <sighs> men um yeah i thought there'd be more talking in there but maybe that's because i'm a lady and uh, i think that ladies would talk in a steam room do ladies talk in a steam room no you well, go I mean, to a steam room sometimes i go into a steam room but it's like in a gym where you don't know the people but i imagine that if i was like sitting with you both in a steam room that we would talk it would just be weird is that what we're doing that's what we're doing buffy field trip after the episode right? we're all gonna go to a steam room i hear that at room. any local high school mm. <laughs> so then gage is in the locker room Right. And uh, Xander has left him behind and tags Buffy in to be his watcher, basically. Oh, right, right, right. She hears the scream. This is the mo- the alien entry monster reveal. Yes. Yes. I, I think that it's important to point out something that may go unnoticed in this scene because of the, you know, monster reveal, which is that there are some uh, gym towels that are embroidered with SHS for Sunnydale <laughs> High School, which I feel is important wow. to know. Only the swim team gets those. Yeah, Just yeah, another yeah. one of their many right. privileges. They only get pulled out when a team wins, which has <laughs> never happened before. <laughs> um, followed by the monster slip and slide, everyone's favorite game. That was Great. Just a beautiful, yeah, they did a lot of things. Just two gill monsters taking a run, a dive, a slip. Yeah, slip slide. And Buffy gets bitten on the shoulder. Right. Buffy gets bit, which is fucking rough. Gross. Because do you think fish mouths are dirtier than human mouths? I think they smell. 
I think that like <laughs> there are definitely are strong indicators across the span of the episode that let us know that, <laughs> that they there's smell. like smell and like stuff it's bad to get bit by anything, but certainly I right. would not want to get bit by it's a thing that smells very bad. unceremonious. Uh, goodbye to Gage. Because I feel like Gage oh, and Buffy yeah. could have had like a it's cute flirtation, tr- right? It's true. I know I liked Gage too, and I feel like a lot of these uh, guys that are being turned into these monsters they would have been really helpful for. That was a little jingle that we made because, as you may know, this is a spoiler-free podcast, but sometimes we get a little carried away and we get excited about things that are spoilers. So from now on, if that happens, you'll hear that little spoiler jingle covering up the things that we do not want you new viewers to hear. So (laughs) then Giles and Buffy go on their father-daughter doctor visit. What? No, their father-daughter. Oh, yes. Oh, first she gets wrapped up, and then they go on their father-daughter sewer trip, right? Their father-daughter fishing trip. They're going <clears> fishing. <throat> it's really mm-hmm. cute. It's really sweet. <laughs> Did you ever go fishing with your dad? No, my dad does not fish. Did you ever go fishing with your dad? I don't think so. I would just play catch with my dad. Oh, that's so nice. Did you do anything with your dad? Yeah, I've been fishing with my dad. Wow. Yeah, no big deal. I just, don't think just my a girl dad and her dad catching didn't... some sunnies. My dad just, like, mows the lawn. Like, he doesn't... That's true. You know? That's what he does best. He's just caught in a loop of only mowing the yeah, lawn. Yeah, or shoveling snow. You know, yeah. it's one of the <laughs> one of those two things. <laughs> He's just constantly on the move. And we learn we learn some stuff in, in the next few moments of the, of the show where the steroids are in the steam. The we time. learn it from Shane West, as you mentioned. Totally. Who would go on <laughs> to star opposite Mandy Moore in the Nicholas Sparks novel adaptation film... A Walk to Remember. I did see Shane West once. Where? Go on. Wait, can we guess where? Sure. Starbucks. No. Yogurt Land. No. (laughs) American Eagle. Abercrombie. Okay, so think about where also Shane West would shop. Or or B. Okay, it's it's not a store. It's not a store. (laughs) Okay, okay. Is it a food place? No. Is it a- The beach. Is it a, a pool party at someone's- Someone famous's house? No. Jury duty. No. <laughs> Jury duty is good. Not the Mac store. Okay. Um, the dentist's office. No. The th- uh, therapist. No. Think about the gym. No. Oh, good guess. Good guess. Right? A park. Mm-mm. Not even Griffith Park. No. A dog park. No. <laughs> A museum. Think dirtier. Dirtier. Mudden. No, not physically dirtier, <laughs> just theoretically dirtier. Oh, uh, Jumbo's Clown Room. Close. So it was, I've only been to maybe like one club in Los Angeles, and it's called Bootsy Bellows. Ooh. And it's in wow. West Hollywood. And I went with my friend Chris, and I was completely wasted. And he was like at a table that had bottle service, and I kept trying to like dance my way over just to like be near him. <laughs> right, right, right. And Bootsy Bellows is a very strange club where people will uh, dance with marionette puppets. What? And uh, I was trying to get close to Shane West, but there was this marionette puppet of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, my God. And so I just grinded with that thing. Oh. And I never got to say hi to Shane West. Somewhere Shane West is on a podcast right now being like, and I was at Bootsy Bellas one time, and there was this girl (laughs) dancing with a marionette just right next to me all night long. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a question, not related to Shane West, but I have a question that is related to the consistency of this whole plot, because 
the swim team is dropping like fucking flies. Like, I don't understand the long term goal of the coach. Like, or does he just not realize he's failing? He's just trying to get the the uh, amount right. That's what he. Oh, he's and adjusting the Nurse levels. Ruthie are talking about as they walk through the the pool room. So they're trying to figure out the ratio. So they're doing uh, some hell math. I guess they must be doing some hell math. Hell math. If Willow was on their team, she could probably just eyeball, as we've seen her eyeball yeah. in the past, any liquid <laughs> in a vial. She could tell you how much needs to go in a person yeah. without causing death. I think what we're learning about hell math is it's a very general feel it out kind of a vibe. It's definitely more like a cooking over baking kind of a math. Mm, you know, I think it's experience based. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Learn um, as you go. <laughs> you, Brittany, talked about knowing that the nurse, that the coach's name was Carl. And it's because of this, Carl. This moment. Right. What is what is this has name? got to stop, Carl? This has got to stop, Carl. Nurse Ruthie. And you know that teachers are close, or, or or faculty is close when they call each other by their yeah, first, their first names, name. and you catch it. Remember catching that yes. in high school? And you were like, <gasps> "Yeah." It was like when you learned like your parent had a name that wasn't mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So weird. Yeah, very bizarre. And you My feel like teacher's name is Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know like a regular person my age named Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is totally irreconcilable to the fact that this is not a person. You're a teacher. So then, right after her great line, that's it for Ruthie. Ugh. She gets fed, fed to the monsters. And it's like this is like a weird part of the plot that I. I don't understand why it needed to be there like in reptile boy because you brought up that episode is mm-hmm. like something that has a lot of parallels you know it was a frat house there was like a very direct reason to bring in like a sex um element and like a, ra- a rapey element of the plot line sure. this is like because she gets in Ugh. she gets thrown to them to get fed to them and then when buffy gets thrown he's like boys have other needs this is and like, i'm not i just i guess i don't understand yeah good role models yeah <laughs> But yeah, why? 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 It just, I, I don't know. Also, I mean, not to undercut the seriousness of like that as a repulsive and unacceptable act. What's up with like fish reproduction? Because isn't there just like. <laughs> they don't, they don't. Right. Eggs are laid externally yeah. and then there's like a fertilization thing that yeah. happens. That's like, actually what. What even, that what was... needs do they have? Right, right, well, right. Well, that right. obviously shoots them in the foot when. He's in there eventually. Right. Which I guess is like why, like maybe they set that up to turn it on its head. It just, I didn't like the execution of the whole thing. Right. Because I am like way a fan of us calling out, you know, the kind of culture we live in where women are blamed for shit and like, you know, how fucked up it is that we talk about things like boys have needs. Like, and and that's like why those lines are there. But it just, I guess I feel like it wasn't contextualized enough to have that so yeah. it was just like these really weird like laughing off of silly jokes that were actually like really fucked up things mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that I wasn't super into I was super into conversely uh, the phrase inner halibut <laughs> <laughs> I liked that a lot. Yeah. They they went like medium on the fish puns. I thought they could have gone harder personally. Yeah. I'm I always agree. A, right. There was there were two separate sauce jokes. Tartar oh, sauce butter. and then a lemon butter. Yeah. In many ways you could sauce a fish, you know. I know it. <laughs> So last week we talked about the government of Sunnydale, right? And uh-huh. how they're like in on this and mm-hmm. we're learning more and more that they're in on this. Is the hospital in on it? Because there's this whole thing where they're like, we have to get this to the hospital toxicology lab so they can develop an antidote. Like, 
what? Like um, how? Giles is going to be like, excuse me, doctor. Um, yeah. We have these boys turning into fish. <laughs> There's the, like, I just, it was just. That is a great point. I, I question. And also, why are the boys so agreeable getting into the cage and the library? Doesn't make any sense. There's some holes. There's yeah, some holes there's a lot of holes. Also, I mean, consider, I mean, just like high school boys being like, no. But also consider like, what if one of them turns? It, well, and they're then they're in all it, yeah. locked in together. Right. Yeah. I guess it's, I mean, maybe maybe part of this is <clears throat> a little bit sloppy on the writing end. And maybe it's also sloppy on the Scooby end. Maybe they're just not, you know, they're not well versed in dealing with fish <laughs> monsters. No. And perhaps one of the largest uh, missed opportunities was when the coach, well, Carl, is talking about after the fall of the Soviet Union. One, how did he get those records? And two, <laughs> how much better would it have been if he slipped out of his American accent and had a Russian <laughs> accent? I also love that Buffy is like, what's really going on here? And he's like, and then he like kind of pauses <laughs> and stares up and into the middle ding, distance. Ding. After the fall of the Soviet Union. <laughs> documents came to light and does like a whole spiel like an end of a, a movie yeah a villain spiel like a scooby like a scooby-doo right oh yeah exactly a- ending you but know? also like a this is way bigger than you think it is yeah and right. i'm relating it <laughs> this goes all the way to the top <laughs> this has ties yeah. to russia and we're like god damn it yeah <laughs> where escape. are we once again after he uh gets buffy to go down the hole with the gun that he just keeps sort of loose on his desk mm-hmm. uh <laughs> She she and, and Nurse Ruthie both are uh, guilty of something that I don't care for, mm. which is that they both, that water is about waist deep yes. or just like uh, solar plexus deep. Mm-hmm. And they both, when they, when they go down the hole, they both go all the way under the water. Uh, and in order to do that, they have to crouch. Crouch. Um, so goodbye, my disbelief. I cannot suspend you yes. for that. Yes, yes, yes. I see. But also when she's down there and Nurse Ruthie's... Uh, R.I.P. Corpse comes floating by, which is really, really eaten. Yeah, it doesn't really look like they they had much much to eat. No, it doesn't. Unless they just like suck out her blood. Right, but that seems more vampiric than. But who knows? We haven't really right. seen how they eat. But above ground, where we <laughs> have where we have before we get to Cordelia's uh, beautiful moment, there's the laziest of all the sea monsters is in this scene. <laughs> <'Cause> I, <laughs> understand why like he comes out of the locker room and takes a lap like he just swims a lap and then like at the end Cordelia's at the end of the pool and he sort of like flails his arms a little bit and they're like yeah and then he just goes back into the pool Bye. like I just want to know what that monster's story yeah. was that like he yeah. changed and he was like I feel like I need to swim yeah I, I think he's dip. just not part of the pack he's just an outsider yeah, he's- that Sean or whoever well Sean was uh just for narrative whatever that was shane west's character oh, oh was it? that was shane west as a scene i mean i don't think it was actually it definitely wasn't shane west in the suit but like hey you know what you don't know that you know what i don't i don't know that but we're maybe you why know. would you pay another actor <laughs> huh? um so so whatever shane west lazy sea monster aside this scene for cordelia is the best she has a lot of her best scenes when she's by herself when oh she, my god, we, that is so deep, and, and it's yeah, so true. that is amazing. You are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the the largest arc moments for her are when you see her by herself and the choices that she makes when there's not pressure from everyone else. 
mm-hmm. and where she can not doesn't have to wear the mask of who she wow. is in public. I'm wow. gonna tell you what I was gonna talk about like bath toys <laughs> and seeing other. Please fish. don't let me stop you. <laughs> no, and, and then we're and, talking about. And then and then it was all gonna end in giving Cordelia her jingle. But I would like to give Brittany Cordelia's jingle. Here it is today, well. just for you. <laughs> Thank you for allowing us to partake in that Cordelia jingle. Of course. It was really beautiful. Should we talk about this really unfortunate choice on the Buffy dialogue end of things? Go on. Uh, When she's down in the pit and the three fish monsters are closing in on her Mm -hmm. because boys have needs. Right. She says, just what my reputation needs. That I did it with the entire swim team. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about before. There's these, like, weird little quips that, like, because, you know, that's very Buffy to, like, make a little joke at mm-hmm. the end, but it's situated, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So it's, a, it's, a, it's fucked up because it's of what's happening. And it's also fucked up because it's, like, a super slut-shamey thing, but it's just weird. It's but also, like, rape isn't sex. Right. You know? But yeah. also, on a way less serious note, what is her reputation? She- <laughs> She's just weird. Right. That's true. Like, that girl gives me the creeps. Like, she's just seen as weird. Which is how, yeah, which is how we start the episode. Yeah, no one's like, she previously dated a 241-year-old vampire. No, that's a secret. Yeah, people don't really interact with her is kind of the deal. People are like, that weird weird girl. Right, and usually when when high school boys show attention to her, or college guys, it's for some (laughs) ulterior motive. (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, we're two for two on episodes where she's just been sitting and staring off into the distance when she's uh, interrupted hey, by been there yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> just let me look at the ocean man yeah <laughs> stop talking to me <laughs> i really want to talk about the actual last scene wow it's i will not favorite. let the episode it's just i feel like it wasn't written in you know like i feel like they had the whole episode written and it mm-hmm. ended where you know before this and then like they were on set and they were like well what are we really going to do with these monster costumes where do they really want to go right they really we really want to take a day and they just sent i feel like they sent two camera guys down no sound guy (laughs) they were like just go to the beach and they just had them swim in the ocean and what yeah Yeah. well i told you after uh the episode ended that it reminded me of the craft yes it had very much craft-esque music and just the vastness of the ocean the, the maternal nature of yeah. the ocean yes oh, a movie <sighs> one of these days when we like spin off from this podcast and go down a movie oh the craft is going to be one of the top mm-hmm. ones on my list okay we just yeah. brought it up last week that's two for two on the craft i mean it's a worthy movie it is did we miss anything does anybody want to talk about anything else i just want to say that it was a dream to be here <laughs> it was a dream to have you here yeah please uh come back anytime literally anytime we mean that when we say that to you gabby took it too far (laughs) she could be here right now she probably is here hi guys (laughs) (laughs) hello (laughs) wow nailed it nailed it oh yes 
Brittany, we know where to find you and how to make sure that you come back and talk to us about future yes. episodes. But how can all of our listeners find you? Well, you guys can place? text me. Great. Uh, <laughs> my number is. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brit27ash. It's B-R-I-T-T 27-A-S-H. Uh, you can listen to my podcast, Sicker Sadder World. And Sicker Sadder World on iTunes. You yeah, check it's on it iTunes. out. It's so fun. I, I listened to a great story that somebody was telling about drinking pee on the podcast. Oh, that was my co host, Laura. Yeah, so good, good content. Great content all around. <laughs> she wanted to cut it out too. And I was like, nope. No. Oh, and the, like you argued about it in the podcast. And I was like, no, no. It's yeah. staying. I was very Team Brittany on that mm-hmm. one. Wow. <laughs> Basically, wow. in the podcast, it's me just trying to get Laura to re- reveal the most <laughs> embarrassing stories that she possibly can. Great. Great. Yeah, that's kind of uh, the, our dynamic where I just try to get Jenny to talk about how she loves me and uh, she doesn't like it. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Brittany Ashley, for joining us on this very special day. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy, I'm writing songs and recording them. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. Also, if you're on the West Coast, don't forget, from June 23rd to July 1st, I will be playing a variety of shows in the westerly portion of the country. You can find out more about that at JennyOwenYoungs.com tour. I am Kristen Russo. You can find out more about me by following me on Twitter or Instagram at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also learn about the work that I do over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com, two organizations that I run to help LGBTQ young people and their families. And of course, in that same vein, you should, if you're on the East Coast near New York City, come out on June 24th to the Everyone is Gay and Autostraddle All Ages Pride Party at Housing Works Books store cafe from 2 to 4 p.m. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter and Facebook at BufferingCast, and you can always drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. We are also thrilled to be a new member of the Stitcher Premium Network, where you can experience ad-free episodes of this podcast and many others. Just go to StitcherPremium.com slash Buffy. There are many ways to support our work. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That helps people find our podcast and it helps grow our community. You can also head on over and get yourself some really great buffering t-shirts. Smash the patriarchy t-shirts, enamel pins designed by Kate Leth. There's a whole ton of stuff over at bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on store. And of course, you can always support our work on Patreon. You can find that link also on bufferingthevampireslayer.com. We send out the music that we make every week as we make it so you get it before having to wait till the end of the season plus you get all of our jingles you can join our private facebook group we have buffy watches and we will have one coming up in july and also patrons are the first people to find out about when we release cds so the second season is coming to a close those cds are going to go up they are always in limited quantities and we do sell out so if you want the heads up on that you can find out over on patreon until next time uh, ooh, no, you have what to- oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> we must have, what the fuck? We must, we must have like really good mom faces because you look like you are in so much trouble. I'm so sorry. I didn't prepare so, you. That wasn't. She's never coming back to the show. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> All right, do it again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna say till next time, and then we'll all howl together. Cool. Okay. 
Till next time. Uh, uh, Much better. That was so great. Something fishy has been going on And I don't know what to do Cause all the swim team boys are turning into Creatures from the Black Lagoon Was into someone in the lunchroom, yeah Their menu's always a scare Based on our data gauges next in line So gentle Smell like low tie, and you got fish. Really, you were free. You're steaming in vaporized fins. Nowadays, trends and news cycles change faster than we can blink. But there are some things that withstand the test of time. And if you're looking for a connection to something timeless, and maybe also a glimpse of life at a slower pace, I believe everyone can relate to the very human experiences explored in Jane Austen's novels. And that's where I come in. My name is Alison Larkin. I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin. I spent a lot of my childhood in the part of England where Jane Austen lived and wrote, and now that I live in the States, nothing gives me a sense of homecoming quite like narrating her books. On this show, you'll listen to award-winning narration. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that as well as conversations with actors, writers and other fascinating people who all share a passionate love 
for Jane Austen. So please, join me as we embark on a wonderful journey through Jane Austen's work. Be sure to listen and subscribe to The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin, wherever you get your podcasts.